Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. And I'm Alexis Preston. And this is An Animal Saved My Life, a podcast about the incredible animals who change our lives forever. I'm curious, Renee, did you think you'd end up living in Los Angeles? I mean, yeah, but I do imagine living other lives. Like, I used to go to this ranch in Colorado where I grew up, so cowboy dinners, hayrides, and Alexis, I think I could have been a ranch hand taking care of animals. Ooh, I feel you. My little dream is to work on a tropical island, hang out on a boat, watch the fishes and turtles go by all day. What a life. If I could give that to you, Alexis, I would. Thank you. Actually, I spoke to someone who sort of lived both of our dreams, but not in the way you might picture. More on that later. Anyway, the someone, her name is Nicole Navarro, and she lives on an island down in the Florida Keys. So palm trees, white sand beaches, retirement condos, you get it. But the Keys, they are so far from where Nicole came from. Here's Nicole. So I grew up in um, western Pennsylvania on a 30-acre horse farm. My mother and father actually met when my father had horses and she was working at a barn. So that's how the whole thing came to be, even before I was a thought in their minds. Basically, I was born loving animals, (laughs) I guess. So once I was old enough to sort of venture on my own, I would literally just get lost in the woods for hours. Kind of like a little Snow White. I would just sit there and watch the animals and quote-unquote rescue animals that really didn't need rescuing. (laughs) A lot of times my parents would have to, you know, put back the box turtle that I brought home or... It was uh, an extremely happy childhood growing up on the farm. I would like just go lay in the pasture Just so quiet, stars at night, you know, the sounds of the horses like munching on the grass, their little chuffing sounds they make out of their nose. You know, the crickets, just like the pure sound of nature. And I truly miss that. I don't think, you know, when you're a child, you realize how much you're going to appreciate it. Right especially when it's gone. I'm not good with timelines on this scenario because it was pretty traumatic for me. Um, But my parents separated. My mother was going to move down here, here to Key Largo to open up a scuba diving shop. My father didn't want the farm, so they mutually agreed to sell it. It was the summer before my freshman year in high school. Everyone moved away from the farm. 
in my childlike mind, it's like one day I was there and one day I was not. And I had absolutely no time to prepare. They say there's like defining moments in your life. And like, that's the day I really closed off and started searching for things outside of myself that would fill the void that this gaping hole of a farm had left inside me. During high school, Nicole left the farm and moved in with her dad. When she finished college, she moved to Key Largo to be with her mom, and then back to Pennsylvania to be closer with her dad. She bounced back and forth like this for a while, but it always felt like something was missing. I was um, introduced to Oxycontin, taking that pill for the first time. It was just euphoric, obviously in a very false sense, but it was still euphoric. And I literally thought to myself, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is how I want to feel forever. And so started the next 18 years of off and on abuse with opiates. It had gotten to the point where I was going to end up dead if someone did not intervene. In 2016, I was arrested here in Key Largo. Actually, my mother pressed charges on me. So I was arrested and spent some time at the Monroe County Detention Center down in Key West. It's all surreal when you've never spent any sort of time in jail before. You know, my, my first memories of it were just horrifying and it was disgusting because when I first got there, I had to spend time in the medical ward from everything I was doing. And I mean, it's... (sighs) When addicts stop using Oxycontin, they go through withdrawal. Mood changes, anxiety, muscle aches, even insomnia. So when I got out of medical, they, you know, shuffle you down in a line to uh, the general population dorm and... There's a kiosk there where inmates can get information. So you can search for, like, things to do. That's where I first found out about the farm. This was Nicole's first time inside a prison. And she was still enveloped in the fog of opiate withdrawal. So when she shuffled up to the information kiosk, she almost didn't believe what she was reading. A volunteer opportunity for inmates to work on an animal farm underneath the prison. And then when I went to bed that night, as I was laying there 
I started hearing animal sounds coming from below me. Very surreal moment. Very confusing. Also excited because I was so close to animals, even though I was never going to get to see them. So even though I was in a horrible predicament, self-inflicted, nevertheless, a horrible predicament, it was almost a comfort to hear those sounds again, you know, for the first time probably since my childhood. At this point, Nicole hadn't seen the so-called animal farm yet. She'd been holed up in medical, and besides, prisons aren't known for their views. Sure, there were narrow strips of bulletproof plexiglass at the top of each cell, but even those were blurred and you couldn't see outside. As Nicole lied in her bed that night listening to the farm animals below, she physically relaxed. It was like her body was trying to tell her something. She asked a volunteer first thing the next morning. I quickly found out that they don't allow women to work on the farm. Not because women aren't trustworthy. There's just a higher turnover rate with females in the jail than there are males. So the woman that runs the animal farm can get a longer stay out of the men that are in there for some time. So I was a little disappointed about that. I think most people would find that relieving of like, oh, great, I'm going to get out of here soon. Looking back, it was probably very a selfish disappointment. Like, don't they know who I am? I love animals. I should be allowed down there. You know, <laughs> they have no idea. Right. Um, For the next seven months, Nicole fell asleep to the sounds of peacocks, donkeys, lemurs, and emus. And she learned a bit more about the animal farm beneath her. Monroe County Detention Center, it is the only detention facility in the world with a zoo underneath it. And I say underneath it because down here, obviously, we have hurricanes to factor in when we build things. So the jail is suspended off of the ground, and underneath the jail is where this animal farm is. Did you notice anyone else feel the comfort that you felt hearing those animal sounds? No, they all thought it was annoying. Everyone else was like, oh, I wish they would shut up, you know, because they just wanted to sleep. And I'm like, oh, I hope they never stop. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. After the break, Nicole tries to get to that animal farm and back to her old life. Stay with us. After seven months of listening to farm animals through the concrete floor... Nicole finally got out of jail. She moved back in with her mother and found herself a job on Key West. But she couldn't stop thinking about that animal farm. So Nicole started doing something most people can't imagine. She went back to jail. Willingly. 
just a visit, of course. At first, she just dropped by and asked if the animal farm needed volunteers. Every time, she'd get a no. Now, Nicole had never met Jeannie, the woman who runs the farm, but she knew her decision was reasonable. Jails are high-security environments. It could be unsafe for outside volunteers to work with the inmates. But Nicole was persistent. Any chance she got, she'd visit the jail and ask to see the animals. Then one day, Jeannie was there. And that was the first time I ever said, can I please volunteer? And she said no (laughs) to my face. Um, You can't be on the farm because of the men, because of the inmates. So there was really no communication until after the storm. Irma is expected to slam the Florida Keys at dawn. This is the fifth strongest Atlantic hurricane unrecorded history. In 2017, Hurricane Irma hit Key West pretty hard. Hurricane Irma is right over us right now. It's over 530 miles across. They evacuated all of the inmates and all of the farm animals went up into the jail, if you can imagine that scenario. The animals were in the jail, in holding cells, Oh, Lord. Um, Pigs, goats, all the snakes, mo, the sloth, lemurs. Oh, what else is there? All the miniature horses, all the other reptiles, all the birds from the aviary. There's 150 animals up in intake. The prison cells that Nicole used to be in had now become an ark. Jeannie's Ark. I knew she had stayed behind with all the animals. All of the detention deputies had to evacuate with the inmates, so I knew it was a skeleton crew. I knew she needed help. And I was just hoping she would take me up on the offer. I messaged her one more time and said, if you need help, cleaning up after the storm, please let me know. And she finally said yes. Nicole had finally made it back to the farm. Miraculously, all the animals were safe. The jail sits 11 feet off the ground on stilts. But everything below the jail, like the animal farm, was washed away by the storm surge. So Nicole helped Jeannie put it back together, removing debris, repairing the enclosures, bathing the horses. She loved it. that Hurricane Irma was the most catastrophic storm to ever hit the Florida Keys. And Nicole had just been released. She hadn't been clean for long. Trying to get back on her feet while the world around her was underwater, it was too much. She relapsed. She violated her parole, and she fled the Florida Keys. Once again, she'd lost her farm. After the break, Nicole tries to find her way back again.
Nicole had finally made it back to the farm, but another tragedy, a natural one this time, had taken it from her. When Nicole started using drugs again, she violated her parole and fled the Florida Keys. She was homeless, living in hotels around Pompano Beach. It had been 18 years since she first started using. Then she had a moment of absolute clarity around her birthday. She was slowly dying, and she needed to turn things around. So she caught a bus back to Key West, turned herself in, and went to sleep to the muffled sounds of the animal farm. After about a month, they let her out again. When I got out the second time, I wasn't put on house arrest. So basically, that's like being in jail in the community. You can't do anything. So I knew I wanted to be at the farm. You know, even when I had to ask the judge for permission to volunteer there, he looked at me crazy. He's like, so you're asking permission to go back to jail? I said, well, yeah. (laughs) For the animals, he's like... Whatever, Miss Navarro, you can you can go to jail. But now I was in Key Largo. So Key West was now two hours from me. I live at mile marker 102. The jail is at mile marker four. It's a hike, and most of that hike is one lane. So Nicole was allowed to go back to the prison, but the farm was another matter. She didn't know if Jeannie would agree to give her a second chance. Maybe she wasn't worthy of Jeannie's trust. She'd already relapsed after helping on the farm. I was so hesitant to even text her. And she immediately responded, yeah, of course. Despite the setback, it wasn't even a question if I could come back or not. I guess Jeannie had seen that I really just did love animals. I had no ulterior motive. I mean, that was one of the first signs that I needed to be there outside of knowing that I wanted to be there, if that makes sense. From the time I got out until now, I've been going as much as I can. The animal farm at the Monroe County Detention Center is an anomaly. It's a place that saves animals, nested below a place that captures people. It is a sanctuary, yes. They're all rescued, donated, or confiscated. You know, they don't buy animals, they don't breed animals, they don't sell animals, they don't adopt out their animals. So once they get to the farm down there, that is their forever home. Come on, everyone! Let's go on a farm tour. When you walk in, off to the right would be the equines, the donkeys, the miniature horses, Angus the bull, and Thunder the zebu. A little bit further down is the huge aviary. That's where Mo the sloth lives. 
back on your left, there's Wilbur, who is a huge pig that loves to get you his bowl. Off to the right again, another huge habitat where two lemurs live, Kelsey and Julian. And then off to the left, there's a huge ostrich named Jack. (laughs) And then off to the right is Kramer the emu. (laughs) It's like Nicole was back on the farm in Pennsylvania, playing Snow White again, rescuing all the animals around her. A month into volunteering, two woodland creatures showed up. All the animals I've been around in my life, I'd never been around a fox. These two foxes, Rocky and Lana, got donated. So I was super excited. The next week that I went down, Jeannie, my mother, and I all went in and sort of sat with them. And it was so funny. Lana didn't really want anything to do with us, but Rocky came right over to my mother and like climbed up on her back. And I was like, I'm... I'm who you want. I I was like so jealous of my mother. It was ridiculous. The aloofness of foxes is very interesting. They're loners in the wild. You know, when I started learning about where these foxes truly come from, being locked in small wire cages, that was a connection as well because for so long, you know, I had trapped myself. After the first visit with Jeannie and her mom, Nicole started visiting Lana and Rocky by herself. I would literally just sit in there with them for as long as I was there. Sometimes I was there for 45 minutes. Sometimes I was there for three hours, and I was just so fascinated. Lana is considered a pearl fox, and she's more of a silver color. Rocky is black with some white flecks of hair speckled throughout and the bright white tip on his tail. Everything I read is said, just be patient. You cannot force this. If you try to force this, you will ruin it forever because foxes are not very forgiving. (laughs) Lana and Rocky were suspicious of Nicole, and they had every right to be. Rocky was born on a fur farm, and Lana had been surrendered by her owner. They'd been traumatized. But Nicole was patient, and she didn't force it. And then finally Lana started warming up to me would just come up and sit down in front of me and stare at me awkwardly. You know, and I always brought treats with me, so she'd take a treat, walk away. It was a slow process. For the next couple of weeks, Nicole would leave her house in Key Largo and make the two-hour drive. She'd park under the jail, make the rounds to see Mo the Sloth and Wilbur the Pig, and then head straight to Rocky and Lana. And then she'd just sit with them until she had to leave, week after week. Until something started to change. As the weeks passed, Lana started to let me 
touch her. And I think the first time that happened, I might have cried just a little bit. (laughs) I just reached out for her and she didn't back away. And I just scratched underneath her chin. Just slowly started scratching her neck. It was like I had won this huge victory, you know, in my eyes. And it was so funny because Rocky saw, and he started coming up to me. It was just very surreal, very monumental. You know, and everything I was going through personally in my life, it was like a little reward. Like, hey, you're doing the right thing, you know. Once Nicole and Lana formed that physical connection, Nicole's world started to open up. Desperation is like the neutral state when you're using. You know, I always had very negative self depreciating thoughts like you're too old you can't bounce back from this being in that situation sitting in there with these animals uninterrupted I had that time to just sit and be still my thought process started to change like this isn't necessarily the end Nicole (laughs) This could be the beginning. Like, this is a clean slate. Look, you know, I still have compassion. I still have a heart. I still care for things. As you watched Lana start to sort of change her mentality, did that sort of create a pathway for you to be like, I mean, I guess I can follow Lana's lead? Yeah. And I think Brocky was the even bigger obstacle because he was just scared of life. I was like, all right, this is a sign. You know, and people listening are going to be like, oh, this chick is crazy. But well, if you're crazy, I'm crazy because I <laughs> absolutely think this was a sign. That's incredible. <laughs> if I had never been arrested, I would have never met the foxes. And I think this was always what I was supposed to do. You know, I had this idea in my head when I lost my childhood farm that the only thing that could ever replace it was a cookie cutter farm like that. I just had to let go of the idea that what I had lost is never going to be replaced. So when I finally let go of the idea that maybe I don't know what I need, I really recovered and healed and feel whole again. And (laughs) turns out, just need to go to jail (laughs) to get that farm back. The title of the podcast is An Animal Saved My Life, right? right? So... Rocky and Lana, they didn't give me CPR by jumping up and down on my chest like I've seen dogs do in videos. (laughs) They didn't pull me out of a burning building, but 
they gave me something I am so passionate about. I don't even think about drinking or using ever. Man, Um, it's amazing. So Rocky and Lana gave me my recovery. This past year, Nicole celebrated two years of sobriety. She works full-time as a tour guide on a glass-bottom boat. And most impressively, she started her own fox rescue. It's called Positive Beginnings. And it's the only 501c3 fox rescue in the Florida Keys. I mean, our mission statement is every animal deserves a new beginning. That's, that's about it. Did you want to see the foxes? Yes, of course I want to see the foxes. Oh, man, this is such a treat. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, all right. So literally, when you walk out onto my porch, it's Fox Island. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, okay. (laughs) Whoa, look at this. Look at everything you've made here. (laughs) So here is... Penny. Hi, Penny. <laughs> Penny's just tucked in underneath her little bed. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Pen. Oh, my goodness. Just taking a little nap and being real chill with us lifting <laughs> up the covers. Hi, buddy. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Oh, oh, back. oh back, back, back. I know. Look at this. Oh. I love you. Man, this is like, give me a gorgeous. <laughs> Look at that tail. My goodness, Penny. Nicole currently has four foxes in her care. All were rescued from fur farms in the Midwest. Their names are Penny, Louie, Jasper, and Libby. And Nicole still works with Jeannie all the time at the animal farm. Last month, they took a road trip together to rescue an opossum named Belle. You can learn more about Nicole's fox rescue at their website, positivebeginnings.org. That's positive with a -A P-A-W. You can also follow them on Instagram at positive underscore beginnings underscore ink. Today's episode was produced by Nick Farrago. Story editing by Evan Roberts and Nora Canitas Boydell. John Ross is our sound mixer. Special thanks to Jeannie Zelander for saying yes to Nicole and for her help with this episode. I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And you've been listening to An Animal Saved My Life. Join us next week for another incredible animal story.